ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, keeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they prowl. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position. Ain't no issue commission. As a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing. Cause I'll be willing and dealing. Find me the trade. Cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 136 of the Dynasty Junkies podcast, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts podcast network. I am your host, Rocky Petrella, at Dynasty FF Addict on Twitter, back with uh, with my favorite co-host, Scott Sidlow. Sorry, Andrew. No, I'm just kidding. But Scott, how you doing? Uh, that is the right uh, <laughs> intro, so... Nice job. Way to start it off on the right foot here. Um, yeah, man, I, I'm excited because we finally have like fun stuff to talk about instead of, I mean, I think we did a good job doing our division series, but I'm very annoyed with most of the podcasts I listen to and, and the basically dumb filled air that we um, heard for the last few months. Um, you know, other than of course our guest tonight who has an amazing podcast that I basically never miss an episode so let's let's hear from him yes we got a great guest tonight as we start diving into these rookies guy who knows a whole bunch about debbie rookies all that stuff the real nfl draft great guy to have on to start off uh, our our rookie stuff uh shane hallam um debbie marketplace among many other things so shane why don't you tell everybody uh you know who you are where you're at uh, your twitter handle all that good stuff no, it's a, it's a pleasure to be here, as always. But yeah, if you uh, want to download Debbie Marketplace podcast, that's uh, my fantasy Debbie podcast with Kane and Nelly there. But uh, for, for NFL draft related things is over at draftcountdown.com. We also have the Draft Countdown podcast if you want to get up to the NFL draft. And you can follow me on Twitter at Shane P. Hallam um, and, and check that out. But uh, yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thanks for coming on, but uh, we'll get right into it because we are going to talk rookie QBs, but free agency began this week, so we, we got to talk about that. It's been a been a little while since we had uh, some news and notes, so I just got to do the little, I got to do the har. News and notes. <laughs> okay, so it's got a bunch of free agency moves that have happened and trades as well. Going back to last week, because it happened the day after our show aired, of course, was the uh, the big Carolina trade up to number one, 101 in the NFL draft. Uh, so they're going to get their rookie quarterback. And the Bears, Scott, are getting DJ Moore as well as a bevy of picks. So first, I'm just curious from a real life perspective. You had to love that trade, didn't you? Yeah, it's I just more stuff for you're the like, Bears you're organization like... to ruin, right? <laughs> you know, like um, that's the mindset of a Bears fan. Like that's we just don't know anything else but just 
death and despair of our rookie picks and all the things that they do. But man, you gotta uh, you gotta love Ryan Poles, everything that he's doing right now. Um, you know, getting a second round pick for Roquan and then signing two linebackers for less than Roquan signed for. You know, pulling off this trade, a um, couple of shrewd uh, free agent signings. So yeah, I mean, overall, he's he's doing a really good job. Um, I don't think anybody is. Uh, well, first of all, I saw Justin Fields smile for the first time since being drafted <laughs> as a Chicago Bear. So that should tell you kind of where things are going. Um, he's definitely happy to have some weapons. You know, DJ Moore is a guy that I've always liked, not fantasy wise, but like real life wise. So, uh, yeah, football wise, pretty excited there to have like a real wide receiver. Um, you know, probably the first one since like Brandon Marshall. Because I know all you guys in your Mooney love, but like, you know, he's almost not a real human. I don't know. He's pretty tiny. Um, so, yeah, o- overall, it was a, it was a great move. Got a lot of picks. I love kind of the way that they structured it, getting the future picks too. 24 first. Um, you know, there's just so much. It's almost like we talk about Dynasty, right? With having that roster liquidity and um, that's what they're doing. They're, they're building themselves a lot of options, different ways to go in the future. So yes, I like it, um, overall. And I, I like it for dynasty too. I was muted. Excuse me there. Uh, Shane, I was going, I was asking, what do you think about uh, this, the, specifically the DJ Moore to the Bears aspect of it? Is this, is this, uh, later, is this more lateral fantasy-wise, do you think? Is it up? With, I mean, Justin Fields is probably the best quarterback he's had, but Justin Fields is still kind of growing into the role here. So what do you think? I, I think it's a lateral move at this point, you know, in terms of fantasy value, but I project the Bears offense to be so much better this year. Like, I think I think it's going to be better. I think Justin Fields is going to be better. You know, I know a lot of people are like, look at Justin Fields passing last year and look at how little he passed. And so it's 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 not as good. Heck, you know, Sam Darnold's given more targets to DJ Moore. But I, I think that what this means is we're getting weapons for Justin Fields to pass. <laughs> you know, uh, so I, I, I'm very in on the Bears offense. And to me, that means DJ Moore is the wide receiver one. It's going to have a big year. I'm not saying it's going to be quite to the level of like Jalen Hurts, AJ Brown, but I think that's could be kind of what we're talking about because the Bears offense as a whole gets really good now. DJ Moore, Chase Claypool, Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet. Like it's a pretty decent group of weapons. Um, so I, I'm, I'm in. I actually think DJ Moore is a value right now um, to, to trade for. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I, I mentioned this on uh, Trade Addicts this week that, uh, and you kind of referenced it too, like AJ Brown uh, to to Jalen Hurts, Stefan Diggs to Josh Allen, maybe DJ Moore. He's not, I don't know that he's quite in those guys' ranges, but uh, maybe he helps Justin Fields make that third year jump um, from a passing perspective. So I'm pretty excited about it. And like I said, I thought from a real life perspective, what they got back was ridiculous. Like the 109 and I don't even remember all the picks. Scott probably knows them, but uh, yeah. Plus DJ Moore. I mean, that was insane for the one-on-one, but wait a second. Yeah. Teams will do anything. The one I got from San Fran for CMC. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, and then uh, m- maybe not as uh, exciting. We have the the Raiders uh, making a bunch of moves here. Uh, they signed Jimmy G uh, to be the qu- new quarterback, uh, bring in Jacoby Myers, and then trade Darren Waller to the Giants for third. So I guess first we'll talk about it from the Raiders angle and then talk about Waller to the Giants. So uh, Shane, what do you, is this... Does this do anything like is Jimmy Garoppolo, Garoppolo basically just Derek Carr anyway? <laughs> yeah, I like I don't get it from a real NFL perspective. Like what you're trying to do, it's it's the same New England Patriots former coordinator trying to bring all former New England Patriots to a team so they could suck. Uh, I, great, you know it's fine. Uh, I mean, I I like Jimmy Garoppolo in, in Superflex. Like like I'll, I'll I'll trade a second all day for him to slide in my Superflex with Devontae Adams. Like he'll be fine, but I don't know. There's no way the Raiders are going to be any good uh, with, with these moves. Like I just I can't see it. Yeah, I mean that's kind of the way I'm looking at it too. I I, I feel like I'm not too worried about Devonte Adams. Uh, he was fine with Derek Carr. I think he'll be fine with Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo has been able to support, uh, you know, some good receiver play, and you know, Kittle's been a top tight end with them. Debo had a wide receiver one season with them. So I'm not too worried about Adams, but I don't expect much from Garoppolo himself. Uh, any any thoughts on on this uh, on Garoppolo or Myers uh, to the Raiders? Scott, sorry. Um, I mean, I guess I I can see what they're doing more of like uh, the Josh McDaniels three receiver set as opposed to the when they were doing the two tight ends back in New England back in the day. Um, you know, and it looks like that's obviously the path that they're going, moving Waller. Um, if they draft a tight end, though, that's going to be that's going to be real interesting to see how far they get boosted up. But specifically, Jimmy G, Jacoby Myers, um, eh, I don't, I don't, nothing really changes there for me. I never yeah. rostered a lot of Derek Carr. I did buy quite a bit of Jimmy G over the past year, and so he ended up fine like I'm, I'm happy with the shares that i acquired um i don't really roster any jacoby myers so at this point i don't know i don't think anything really changes for either of them to be honest with you yeah and i, and I agree with you on the, on the jimmy g thing we've all kind of assumed he would get a starting job and now we know he's probably locked in for at least the next couple of years starting somewhere so you at least you at least have that and like shane said you can throw him in your qb2 spot if you if, you, if you're like me and don't pay up for two elite quarterbacks or something like that. So, uh, but Darren Waller to the Giants, I thought was kind of interesting too. Uh, so, is, is he become basically, I mean, it looks like he could be end up being essentially the, re, maybe not, I don't want to call him wide receiver, but receiver one in, in New York. So, does this get to pique your interest a little more in Darren Waller than it would have on the Raiders, Shane? A little bit. I think it's definitely better than being on the Raiders with the Devontae Adams with an offense that, you know, I don't know how much that, that tight end was getting used. And we'll see on the Giants, too. It, it's not like uh, Brian Dayball used Dawson Knox was kind of up and down for the Bills. It's like he was a dominant usage at tight end. But you trade pick 100 for Waller. I think you're going to use him. Um I'm interested to see how it works out. I, I don't know with the injury last year and getting paid, like where's Darren Waller at, you know, how much is he in? I think the change of scenery might help. Um, so I'm interested to see where his value kind of evens out here uh, for the, at, in the giants now. 
And Kelly in the chat says, is 130 targets for Waller reasonable? And that that's the big thing to me is that even, maybe not 130, Scott, because Scott's shaking his head. But, no, I do think he could – I mean, even if they bring in a rookie uh, – I mean, there's no big-name receiver on the free agent market at this point to bring in. But even if they bring in a top rookie, I mean, that guy's not necessarily going to command 130, 140 targets himself. Uh, so – I, that's what you want from a tight end. Like if he can stay healthy, you want the tight ends that are going to be their team's top target getter, or at least number two. And he's pretty much guaranteed top two targets as long as he stays healthy. So, uh, but Scott, it sounds like you're not uh, too into Waller with this move to the Giants even. I think this was incredible for Las Vegas. You got third round pick for a guy that had like one good year and like his eighth year in the league and then hasn't done anything since i mean this is insane i can't believe with i mean the contract is massive by the way what they took on however there's zero dead cap after this season so i mean if it doesn't work out he's just gonna get cut he's he's gone um i have one darren waller share it is the only one i've ever had across my 50 leagues in all my time in dynasty and I, it's because i just got it so cheap as kind of a throw in a trade and that is the only one share I have. And if I can sell him for anything right now, I will. The only scenario I see him being a top five tight end or even relevant, really, assuming he can stay healthy, is if, you know, Barkley issues come up again. You know, if he's not on the field and they need somebody to be a threat in the red zone and he's basically the biggest guy out there with all the – they keep signing all these – like slot receivers i don't didn't they just sign like harris campbell or somebody like that it's like what yeah. you know they just keep signing all these little guys so like i know hodgins isn't uh he's not small but um you know maybe a red zone threat maybe he gets a bunch of touchdowns uh, 130 targets i don't i don't see that happening um he just can't stay healthy he hasn't proven that he can and you know nine years in the league now so i i just don't see that happening you're not even sure he's relevant. Yeah, yeah I, I don't think he'll even no, – I don't think he'll get tight end one. And any – again, like I said, one scenario would be basically you know, they don't improve anywhere and they don't have anyone else to get the ball to. Like Evan Ingram is rookie year, basically. He would need that to be a tight end one and play enough games. I mean, isn't that still kind of basically where they're at, though, until they – I mean, it, even if they draft a rookie, how much – unless he's just like – Unless they draft like you know one of the top two yeah, or three Jones guys, like touchdowns last year. That's I mean, true. I don't, this is I don't true. know how. I mean, I think it was like but, twelve. But honestly, but I mean, part yeah, of that could like be Bears that who, who was he throwing to? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for sure, for sure. But at the same time, I don't think Darren Waller is such a difference maker. I mean, obviously, I could be completely wrong. I'm just saying I've seen the guy do it for you know, like 12 games in one season. And that, that was it out of nine years. So I, I'm, I'm going to just play the odds here. <laughs> okay, Scott. We'll stay in New York, though, and uh, go to everyone's favorite drama queen, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I'm just going to say traded to the Jets because he's basically – he said on that McAfee show the other day that it's basically it's done. He's going to the Jets. They're just trying to work out compensation. That's what he wants to do. It's just a matter of the two teams working it out. Um, 
Uh, well, I mean, Kelly just asked about the uh, about Waller in the chat, and I, I I like I like when people chime in the chat. So, do, does this uh, destroy any hope for Daniel Bellinger, Shane? I don't think it does. I, I think they're going to run a lot of twelve personnel, like you said, he, with that receiver group. Uh, is the, even if they draft one in the first round, I think they're still going to run a lot of twelve personnel. Throw a fourth for Bellinger, like see if you can just get him on your squad. I, I think is a good way to go. I agree. I think he's a good buy low. I like what we saw out of him last year. And, and Scott just mentioned. I mean, they could cut Waller as soon as next year with no problem. So. Uh, it just gives him a chance to, like you said, they could use him some this year in 12 personnel and he could be starting by as soon as next year uh, if Waller doesn't work out. So uh, thanks for the question, Kelly. But uh, getting back to Rogers, he's basically said he's going to the Jets. Uh, so, Scott, what are your thoughts here? Does this excite you for, for Garrett Wilson and maybe other weapons there or is – Rogers just too over the hill at this point or what do you think no I mean I think he'll be you know he's obviously reconnected with Hackett and um, you know Wilson is a stud we know this hopefully Elijah Moore I mean it gives me a little hope for my more shares Alan Lazard essentially is a Corey Davis replacement I'm guessing they're going to cut Corey Davis so I mean I think that signing probably made sense regardless you know we talked about backup quarterbacks following their offensive coordinators and while well, wide receivers do the same. Right. And, and Alan Lazard is familiar and came to prominence under Hackett's offense. So um, I think the signing makes sense regardless. And, you know, I don't know if Elijah Moore was he in just uh, you know, the OC's doghouse or, or was it a team thing? Is it him? You know, who knows? Um, but regardless, you're going to need at least a couple of receivers. So yeah, I think it's good all around. And, you know, I I regret not trading Rodgers uh, in a league that we're in, Rocky. I got offers a first for him last year, and I and I didn't take it. And uh, now I'm, I'm hoping that this Jets bump is enough to get, you know, a future first for him uh, again. I bet you, I bet you can get a, a, yeah, a future first. Yeah, 24, uh, 24, yeah. Yeah, so I'm I'm with you. I, 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 I I mean, I was saying this last year. They just needed competent quarterbacking. Like they they didn't even need totally competent. Like Joe Flacco and Mike White were supporting the wide receivers. It was just a matter of getting Zach Wilson out of there. And Aaron Rodgers is an improvement on Joe Flacco and Mike White. Uh, so Shane, I just want to get your thoughts on the whole Aaron Rodgers thing. And what do you think? Uh, some one thing I heard, and I I think it was total speculation, but. What what if Elijah Moore is part of the package to get Aaron Rodgers? Does that is that good or bad for Elijah Moore? If he I, ends I up think, going to Green Bay, I think it's good. I think just get him out of that coaching stat. Like there seems to be some disconnect there, right? And, and I think Green Bay. I, I like Jordan Love. I think Green Bay would be a nice spot where you do have an opening. Um, would kind of be ideal. Yeah, I, look, it's good for everybody. I mean, Aaron Rodgers can't be worse than what they had. You know, maybe he'll pout a little better, have a bad game here and there, but it's fine. Uh, I, I'll just be interested to see because I think the Packers, once he went on the show and said, I'm going to the Jets, the Packers just upped what it's going to cost the Jets to pay for him. You know, <laughs> what are you going to do? You have no alternative. So uh, if, I, I, if the Jets lose their first and now you don't have an offensive line, we'll, we'll see what happens. Okay, we'll move on to the, to the the next item on our little free agency list here, which was, uh, you know, 
David Montgomery to the Detroit Lions. Three-year contract for, for decent money. I don't know what the real money is. I don't have the guaranteed money in front of me. I know it was a three-year, I think, $18 million deal or something like that. And yeah, okay. So uh, he's probably there for what at least two years. Then probably I would assume before before they might get out of him. Yeah. So, uh, which means the next two years of DeAndre Swift's career. But uh, I, I kind of think that maybe this isn't. He's definitely better. I think overall an overall back than Jamal w- Williams is. But I still think. I mean. DeAndre Swift was never going to be the, the, they were never going to use him as the workhorse there as much as we might like to see him get more usage. So I don't even know that this makes a big hit in terms of his actual production. He's got to stay healthy anyway. He was never going to give 15 to 20 carries a game. Uh, I think it is probably going to tank his value some in terms of like the general dynasty market because David Montgomery is better than Jamal Williams. And I actually kind of like, he was already sinking his value uh, before this even happened because of how many touchdowns and all of Jamal Williams scored last year. I kind of like buying Swift low and uh, you're going to get some of those boom games. And I, like I said, I, I'm not sure what his actual value is going to settle at, but I think it's going to be even less than it was like a week ago. What, what do you think, Scott? Yeah, I'm a sucker for Swift. I'm going to, try to Me buy too. Some shares and <laughs> I mean I, I I will buy them because I'm a sucker like I said um the thing about Monty and you know a lot of these contracts almost everyone that I looked up other than maybe Geno Smith um these deals are like really one or two deals so they say three years or four years and there's you know like Monty's actually a four year but there's a void year at the end and the okay. dead cap is pretty much gone after two so just keep that in mind. Like when you see like, oh, he's locked in for the next three seasons. Like it's pretty unlikely that that'll happen with any of these free agents, really. Um, but Monty actually is bigger than Jamal Williams. Um, I, I don't I to me, that was surprising. Like, I didn't think he I thought maybe they were about the same size. I thought Jamal might be a little bit bigger, but Monty's like 12 pounds heavier as of their last recorded weight for both of them. So. Not massive, but um, at least surprised me a little bit. And the thing is, people say, well, you know, uh, Montgomery is not really a goal line back. Well, he played for the Bears. Like, do you not realize how inept their <laughs> offense has been for the last few years? So he didn't have a lot of opportunities. And even in his opportunities, he was not great. Uh, but in college, he was pretty good. That's our touchdowns. So, I mean, let's just see what he looks like on this offense i mean i think yes he can slide into that williams role but i think it's also more a play of this guy can do a little bit of everything so if swift can't keep it together and stay healthy and uh do what he's supposed to do i remember him getting yelled at in hard knocks though i think do staley is you know not there anymore he was the one yelling at him um you know that that's more insurance there as well so i think it's a really smart thing you know it's pretty cheap and and he's a guy that can, you know, kind of fill multiple roles there. And uh, uh, love Kelly. Kelly's been active in the chat. Uh, he says Swift to KC for a late third. Who says no? What awesome. do you think, Shane? Uh, look, look <laughs> I, I think the Lions still value Swift. And I like, I, I think Swift is going to be the classic case of a much better real player than fantasy player. Right. Mm-hmm. I think they like having that change of pace player. I, yeah. I agree. I think it's going to be Monty almost one for one. 
for Jamal Williams with touchdown regression lumped in there um, ultimately. And, you know, once Swift's healthy, he can do great on a few touches, but he's, he's never going to get a ton of touches. Um, if I could get Swift for like two seconds, I would, but um, I don't know. You know, pe- people are considering it at this point. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Andrew, our, our co-host, is also in the chat tonight. Says Detroit says now, LOL. So, uh, yeah, probably they do, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and we're talking a lot about this from the uh, the Swift angle. Do you, I mean, do, do you have any? Did either of you have any interest in Montgomery at this point in Detroit? Yeah, you like the oh, touchdown yeah. upside based off what Jamal oh, Williams did last it. year. More in on him in Detroit than Chicago. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's a, I mean it's a better offense. So I mean, we've seen they're, they're yeah. growing. Yeah. And he doesn't have a running quarterback to compete with. Yeah, yeah, this is true. Absolutely. Uh, okay, so uh, the Patriots, Juju and James Robinson, two guys nobody except Al House with Juju and, and Bosch uh, seem to like all that much. Uh, <laughs> but. Uh, I, I thought these were both kind of interesting. And, uh, they, I mean, the Patriots have basically nothing at wide receiver. And Jacoby just left, too. So they, they really have nothing at wide receiver. So, Scott, where you where you at with Juju? I mean, I, he's still, I guess, probably kind of just one of those replaceable wide receiver two threes that, that you can kind of, you know, move in and out, get cheap. And, and what do you think, though? Sadly, yes, yes. Um, Juju is one of those that I quickly moved on from after really. <laughs> I feel really, like a lot of people uh, did that. <laughs> loving him as a rookie, but what choice did we have, right? Um, yeah, this is another deal where it's basically two years. Um, but I think for the next two years, you know, like you said, there's there's nobody else there. I mean, you know, pan to Devontae Parker somewhere saying, hey, you know, but he's <laughs> he's got one year left. He can't stay healthy either. So, um, you know, who knows? Uh, I, my guess is they draft somebody, but we know how that's gone for New England <laughs> over the years, too. Um, so, yeah, I think Juju is a nice fit for, for Mac Jones. I think maybe this helps Mac a little bit more than it helps Juju. I mean, Sure, volume-wise, he can be good. But if Juju didn't do it with Mahomes, I don't know who he's going to do it with. So, um, you know, that's just kind of how, how I feel on Juju. But I think it's nice for the Mac shares I've acquired over the last few months. Yeah, I would agree with you there. I think it's more of a help for Mac Jones than it is for Juju. Uh, and as much as I would love James Robinson to be a thing again, uh, you know, because I've been one of the biggest James Robinson fans I, I still think he's he's pretty much dead down, dynasty wise. <laughs> I mean, Ramondre uh, I think is the better back, and uh, I don't think it's necessarily going to be a big split. So I'm not. I, I threw it on there just because he's kind of a name. But uh, any thoughts on either of these two guys going to the Pats, Shane? Yeah, I'm with you. I, I love James Robinson, but that Achilles injury just that that yeah. was it. I, I think Pierre Strong and um, Kevin Harris ultimately are on the roster longer than James Robinson and, and do more. Um, I, I, I like Juju enough. Like I, I think, and apparently the Patriots think that he's better than Jacoby Myers um, with, with the money that they doled out and the money that Jacoby Myers got. I, I think a similar year to Myers last year, you know, 60 some receptions, 800 yards, six touchdowns is doable because that's 
the guy they're going to throw to. Um, so I think, I think it's actually better than the chiefs, you know, not like obviously Patrick Mahomes is much better, but I think fantasy wise, more targets are going to come Juju's way here than Mahomes spreading it around. And we know even if they draft somebody, uh, he's going to stink because New England doesn't know how to draft wide receivers. So, <laughs> don't know. How, the, apparently, don't know how to sign them either. So, <laughs> uh, again, Kelly in the chat. So I'm going to throw this to you, Shane, because it's a rookie. It's Jalen Hyatt, the prototypical Raiders wide receiver. He's fast and runs one route. Maybe if, maybe if Al Davis was still on the team, you know, we'll see. See if his son uh, does that. But yeah, he's the old Darius Hayward Bay. You know, just to draft the fastest guy, Henry Ruggs, right? We had that for a while with the Raiders. That that's definitely the Jalen Hyde's definitely the guy in this class to uh, to hit that. Okay, so, wait, I want to make a statement real quick and and mm-hmm. see what Shane thinks about this, right? Because okay, so in in college, DK Metcalf was basically asked to run four routes. I mean, mostly two routes, but then he in total ran essentially four routes. That's all he was asked to do, and he did it. Right. So then he came to the NFL and his route tree expanded and, you know, he, he learned and now he's DK Metcalf. Right. So, so Scott Jalen is saying Hyatt Jalen Hyatt is DK Metcalf. I'm saying <laughs> that Jalen Hyatt has basically been asked to run two routes in college. I mean, he just runs go routes basically. Um, so is it a matter of what you're being asked to do versus what you can actually do? Like when you're when you're looking at those players and you know you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, hundred percent. And I think it's why the combine matters because you get to watch the receiver run every rap, right? The combines and pro days are it's the only time that we're gonna watch Jalen Hyatt run an in rap because I didn't see it on film. Never happened. No, so never. you know, and I think he showed he's my wide receiver four in this class. I think he's very good. I think he's underrated in the fantasy community right now. Uh, but it, the issue is, you know, DK Metcalf can beat a jam and run what he wants. And Jalen Hyatt's 176 yeah. pounds. Different so player. like Different player. Yeah, right. You know, can you exert your will to be able to get open? Uh, you know, I, I, I'm kind of with you. I like him more than consensus still, but it is a projection just based sure. on, you know, watching him in shorts do this. I think that he can, but wasn't asked to. Yeah. So just out of curiosity, okay. since you said that it would be, it's a JSN Addison Johnston ahead of him. Uh, yeah, yep, Jason Johnston Addison. That and you'd have him ahead of everybody else, I had him ahead of Zay Flowers, yeah. Okay, wow. just curious. And mm-hmm. uh, just finishing up the free agency talk, we have two Eagles related notes here. Uh, Rashad Penny to the Eagles, and what are you, what are you cracking up about, Scott? Rocky's favorite <laughs> running back, <laughs> and Miles Sanders, the former Eagles back to the Panthers. So I'll, I'll I'll talk about Penny. I, I like the Penny move, especially from a real NFL perspective. Uh, I think he's kind of the perfect guy to bring in here. They they don't throw to the backs a ton anyway, and Penny's not a big receiving back. Um, and he's a guy though that that, that kind of fits right in what they want to do. And uh, Jalen Hurts, you know, I will open up help open up lanes for him. It's not, and, and he when healthy, which uh, is not that often, he, he has produced fairly well when given the chance so uh, he's going to be in a great offense where he's clearly not the focal point of anyone uh, I, I think he could be successful here and if they don't like what they see I mean this was like he only got six hundred thousand dollars guaranteed so 
uh, if they don't, they can get out of it. I, I mean, I, like I said, I just love it from a real NFL perspective because it's super cheap, but could have super high upside. Um, and, and that could, you know, it, as long as he sticks with the team, uh, I, I think he could have a Sanders like season and Sanders, Sanders was pretty good last year. I mean, he had like double digit touchdowns. I think he had the highest rushing yards of his career last year. Just didn't catch a lot of balls, but, but that's still pretty valuable in fantasy. And, Penny's still going to be super cheap. I mean, this isn't going to raise his value that much. So uh, you, you, you're pretty much on board. I see you nodding, Scott. You're pretty much on board with what I'm saying here. Yeah, from from an NFL perspective, I mean, Penny's actually a really good running back. He's yeah. much better than people give him credit for. He just, you know, he's never healthy. So, yeah, I, I get it, you know. But um, he fits the offense and uh he's cheap it's basically just a flyer i mean they have gainwell on the rookie contract they re-signed boston scott super cheap he's that big back that that they're missing and um yeah he'll fill that role and you know if not those guys are easy to find and philly knows that and they have to spend money in other places right now so i think that's just another reason why they're gonna keep doing what they do because they they make you know smart moves like that so they yeah do. it's a great move dynasty wise you know, whatever. Yeah. But I, I love that as an Eagles fan, though they do. They are very smart. I heard uh, a funny thing today. That he's actually uh, the entire Eagles' current running back room, which is uh, Rashad Penny, Gainwell, Boston Scott, and in case people don't remember, Trey Sermon. Uh, ah, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> um, makes less than Miles Sanders does now. Uh, so, uh, so no, yeah, no. if you want to chime in on Penny Shane and any thoughts on, uh, which I thought was a weird move of Sanders to the Panthers and they paid him a pretty good amount of money. Yeah. Look, I think for Penny, I think people are a little bit hyped up. Like if the rocket emojis on Twitter after he signed, uh, <laughs> meant anything. So, I mean, I I'm, I'm moving them. If I can get like the two twelve, like give me the two twelve, and I, I've gotten a second round pick in a league for him already. Like, I, I'm in for that price. I think there are people that feel he's going to be the lead back. But we do this every year, free agency. These teams that like have a running back need sign someone, and we're like, that's the guy. And then they draft someone, and they were like, ah, crap. You know, yeah. the, now now there's a bunch of guys, or or the yeah, I don't think the Eagles going to take Bijan or anything. But you know, they'll I take still someone. Think, yeah, they will take someone in the first two days. Yes. So uh, so Miles Sanders, the Panthers, I like much more because of the money. I think he's fairly locked in. They still could draft someone too, um, but I think he's still going to be the lead back there and probably do better than he did at Philly because he'll catch some passes. Yeah, and yeah, and uh, he he hasn't the last couple of years because hasn't really been part of the offense. But yeah, in his rookie season, I think he caught like fifty balls. So he it's in his skill set. They just they just haven't been using the running backs that way under Sirianni. And I'll say, and Frank Reich usually goes like seventy thirty for his lead back, so it might be a good situation. That's true. Okay, so unless uh, there's any other minor moves you guys want to talk about, uh, I think we're going to finish up the free agency talk and move into the rookie talk. So that's 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 what we brought Shane on for here. We got the the rookie cube. We're going positionally with this, starting with QBs this week. We'll have a running back show, wide receiver show. Uh, we might I forget we might be rolling the tight ends into the wide receiver show, but. We'll be doing that going forward for the next few weeks. Uh, we're also going to throw, uh, I believe, a pre-NFL -dra pre draft rookie mock in at some point. But we're going to start with the quarterbacks here. And, uh, of course, there's there's the big four guys we're all talking about that look like they're going to go in the first round of the NFL draft and probably our Superflex rookie drafts, uh, which is 
CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis. So I, I don't think he's going to be the QB one in uh, probably either draft, but I, I kind of want to start off with Anthony Richardson, Shane, because he's kind of the, the new hotness after the combine. So uh, I'm curious your thoughts on him, and, and then I'll, I'll I'll chime in with, with what little I know about him and what I I think from what I've seen on, on film. But Shane, what do you, what are your thoughts on Richardson after the combine? I think Richardson presents the absolute disconnect between the real NFL and fantasy football um, because for in terms of my, my actual like NFL draft rankings, uh, he's my QB three for fantasy. He's my QB one for this rookie class. I mean, he's the most athletic quarterback of all time in NFL history. <laughs> it's got to mean something, you know, a, a number of the drills, at the combine, he did better than any quarterback has ever done, not just at the combine, but has ever done ever, you know, any style pro day, anything. Um, so, you know, when you have a guy's 245 pounds and runs a four, four, three, and is as explosive as he is, like he's going to score fantasy points, even if he sucks at passing. And, you know, I, I think Anthony Richardson pretty much sucks at passing. Like he has a, he has, he has, he has a good arm. Uh, and I think you can even watch his bad games and convince yourself, you know, oh, the receiver got his hands on it and dropped it. I've heard that a lot. Like, there's so many drops. You got to watch some of these drops because the receiver's jumping like three feet in yes. the air to get his hands on the ball. You know, I, I, don't, I, I don't consider that a drop. That's, you know, you, you missed them. Okay. Yes. Um, I'm glad you have athletic receivers who also weren't very good, but that's fine. Um, you know, so I think there is upside there. I mean, his footwork's awful. You know, it's it, it's pretty atrocious, but um yeah, he can throw the ball nicely down the field like he has big upside. He has to go to the right team that fixes those things, uh, and that's rare to happen. But when it happens, it's an absolute smash. Everyone wants Josh Allen again. So, yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I'll i predict right now. My hot take is I think Anthony Richardson is going to be the 101 in Superflex drafts in about 50% of the drafts when we get there. Wow. Right? Well, if someone takes – if Indianapolis takes him at four, everyone's just going to blow up. Wait, are you saying the top quarterback, or I'm you saying think he's going to go oh, ahead of Bijan? Fifty percent of the time, I think it'll be okay. half and half. Bijan, uh, a rich, and and I think it, I, I'll I would still take Bijan, but one hundred two. I mean, I'm probably going to take Anthony Richardson if he goes top ten. And see, I'm, I'm not. I mean, I, I still have to look at. Like I said, I I, I think I t- kind of told you. I think this was before the show that I kind of crammed in and kind of tried to watch at least a few of all these guys. I want to watch definitely more. I usually try and watch at least six, seven, eight games of each guy. Um, what I saw, I mean, you said it. He, you said a lot of what I think about from what I saw of Anthony Richardson so far. He is not a good passer, and yeah, and it's exactly what you said. There's guys jumping all over the place. I mean, he and. I, I know his ridiculous athleticism from from the combine, but what again? I've only watched I think like three games, so I need to watch more. But I wasn't super impressed with him as a runner, like watching him on film. He, I mean, he can do it, but he's I, I don't feel like he has great instincts running the ball. I feel like he's often just trying to run over people, which I don't necessarily want my quarterback doing, and. I mean, like, like Hertz will kind of do that sometimes, but he, he picks his spots and usually gets out of bounds or slides. So, I, I mean, I don't see him and may, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't see, because again, the combine says he's the most athletic quarterback ever, as you said, but I, I, I mean, I, I don't see him as like a, you know, a, a Lamar or even Hertz type runner from what I saw. I, am I wrong there, Shane? 
No, I, I actually agree with you. I've said it. I've, I've, I've gotten bashed for it on Twitter because uh, I'm with you. Like, he doesn't know how to set up linebackers to manipulate them on the second level. And like I say, you, you know, he's running over guys. I don't think he really understands rushing angles at all. It's just mm-hmm. like, get ball and hope that this guy can't tackle me. And I think, it, you know, even against Georgia, like that worked to a decent extent. The stat line wasn't good, but it worked to a decent extent. You know, those are future NFL guys, but the NFL is not going to let you do that. Like if they get their hands on you, two guys get their hands on you, you're ninety oh, percent of the time you're going down, even at that size and, and athleticism. So it does worry me. I think I think his value is insulated for a little bit. Like I, I'll take him high, and then I, I will trade him at some point. You know, for a, a veteran quarterback, and maybe it is pre rookie draft. Um, but th- that that's kind of my thought. Yeah, and that, that if I were to take, and I, I don't think I could bring myself to take him at 101 and 102, but if I were, that that would be the plan is, is yeah, because he will be insulated for at least a year. But I just think there's so much projection, projection there. And you kind of said this too. I mean, how often do those toolsy guys really work out? Like it happens sometimes, but I would say the majority of the time it doesn't. Like when we're projecting guys because they do great you know they're great athletes and they they have you know they have a strong arm and all this stuff like you said there's josh allen and then there's a whole 20 other guys that never panned out so um so that's kind of where i'm at i'll probably not have i'll probably have very little anthony richardson because i won't be willing to draft him as high as you will shane but uh scott where where are you at uh, on anthony richardson so i was just counting how many 102s i have and i have nine so um Sounds like I'll have, I'm going to have about maybe three uh, Richardson shares. Um, you know, we'll see. Maybe maybe I pick up a Bijan or two there if uh, we can get a rich to one. So I'd be pretty happy with that. Um, he was number 102 all time of all positions athletically out of 6,620, according to player profiler for, you know, athleticism score. So not just, you know, quarterback wise, but the guy's just a a freak athlete. So the, the best kind of description that I've heard is if, if Will Levis comes in and let's say they're drafted, like within a couple spots apart, both good team or, you know, good landing spots, high draft capital, you're going to need to see Will Levis do it for like two years before you're willing to like say he's elite whereas like anthony richardson could have one run in the preseason and he's gonna be you know just rocketing up you know startups right or just like his value would be through the roof so i i think it's just the the type of player and you know that's that's just gonna hold value i think you know he just has to do it once or twice and, and people will just go nuts for him so I think that's why he's worth the risk at that point. And I, I definitely agree with Shane that I could see him going one on ones uh, in Superflex for sure. Uh, okay. So, um, oh, Kelly says, who was the number one most athletic? Uh, uh, well, fr- from a, and I don't know about player profiler, from relative athletic score, uh, Calvin Johnson is number one. Jordan Davis last year was number two. They account for size as well. So I know right. it's different from player profiler, but. Okay. So the, we'll move on from Anthony Richardson and I'll, I'll go to my, who uh, my early, like I said, early film study QB one is for me is CJ Stroud. Uh, I, I just really like what I saw from him. He's got, 
He's got good mobility, uh, but he's not a runner. But I love the way he moves around in the pocket. He doesn't get you rattled in there either. Uh, they use him. They use him on designed rollouts and things like that. Uh, he, he and he, I mean, he hasn't really run much, but I feel like he could be. Not that he's this guy is a passer, but like sort of a Mahomes type runner where he, you know, he can occasionally take off for 10, 15 yards and get you something. Uh, but I, I just was really impressed with what I saw uh, from Stroud as compared to, to especially Richardson, uh, but even oh, the other three guys as well. Is he your QB one or do you have Young there or where are you at, Shane? He's my QB1. I have him and Young back-to-back in my, my overall rankings, so they are very close. But I, I, I'm i with you, Rocky. I think you made, you said it excellently. Like, Stroud is just, you know, he's he's mobile enough. He can move around in the pocket. I think he struggled at times in the pocket. And then we saw in that Georgia game him really step up to the plate and start, you know, show that he understands when he has to take off, when he has to step up, when, you know, when he needed to. This Ohio State offense doesn't want the quarterback to run. I mean, Justin Fields, we saw what he did in the NFL last year. He ran for like 400 yards, 500 yards in Ohio State's offense. Like he could have doubled that, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't think it's all in Stroud. um, And I don't think it's a reason to knock him. I think he can be, I think the Mahomes comp is is good. I think Joe Burrow, you know, three, 400 yards uh, sometimes. But like the accuracy and ball placement for Stroud, I think is just next level to the rest of the group. He, 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 He puts that ball perfectly. And Throwing at the combine, I don't think is is a great indication of much. But um, if if you have it, watch CJ Stroud because every single pass, no matter where he's throwing it, how far, where on the field, looks exactly the same. The footwork's the same. The the arm motion's the same. It comes out of his hand the same, and it just does different things. Like that is what you want. That's perfect. Um, so I, I think the upside is there for him to be an elite. NFL passing quarterback and uh, you know I'll, I'll take that uh all, all day on my fantasy teams too because if he if he's that if he's Joe Burrow or he's you know 75% Mahomes like that that's a big win yeah and he's not like he's not really gonna probably give you like you said he could run more than he did at Ohio State but I don't think he's gonna be a major weapon uh running the ball but I, he's just again of the four guys to me easily the best passer. And to your point about the ball placement, another thing I noticed, I, I thought he did a very good job of very rarely putting the ball in harm's way. Like he doesn't, you know, he can he's not too afraid to throw it into some tight windows, but he rarely throws it up for grabs. Is uh, is what I, another thing I liked about him. Uh, but uh, Scott, any thoughts on, on Stroud? Is he your QB one of, of these guys, or do you have Richardson yeah. there for fantasy because of the uh, the athleticism? Yeah, no, I think I think Stroud's still still two for me. But um, I want to ask Shane this because here's the thing: I've I mean I've watched you know Big Ten football. I watch a lot of Big Ten football. Um, I was at the Northwestern game when he went like. 10 of 26 for 76 yards and was like atrocious, like bad. I get it. Guys have bad games, but that's the game. I saw him in person. Okay. I was there. I watched him in person. Interestingly enough, that's like the one game he had any sort of rushing yard. I know in college, they take the sacks sack yardage away from rushing yards. But interestingly enough, he had 79 yards rushing in that game. Whereas all the other games are pretty much negative totals. Um, but he wasn't good in that game. Uh, the Michigan game in 21, you know, he had like Aiden Hutchinson, David Ojabo were like up his ass the whole game. So like, and he still is really good. Right. Um, but 
you know, maybe not like number one overall good. And then the Michigan game this year, again, watching every snap, just going the Michigan defense really that was not that good. It's like okay, but like they didn't, they weren't really getting pressure, and he just wasn't making throws. Now I understand what he did against Georgia. I get it. We've seen him do it. Georgia's defense is amazing. I get all that. So I'm not, I'm not throwing that out. I'm not discounting that in any way. We we could see what he could do. Um, I'm just wondering if like his the I guess the inconsistency of what he does in the pocket like is that something that you saw in a lot of games I know you mentioned it a little bit earlier but sometimes it feels like he would just drift back but I think what the Ohio State offense was they really wanted him to stay in the pocket and make the throw so was he just so committed to that that that's why we really didn't see him have the dominant rushing performance until like the Georgia game yeah, I, I think it is. Um, like I said, I, I think you even saw that with Fields a bit. So it, it definitely is the run yeah. day offense. Um, you know, and so I think when when things broke down like that Northwestern game, when they were able to kind of bracket on one side with, you know, uh, all, all those teams you mentioned have a top 100 corner in this draft, like, you know, yeah, have, have no good doubt. secondaries, um, you know, but still your number one pick, like you better be able to beat that with, with a, with a top five receiver and probably another first round receiver, uh, which is a question. So, yeah, I, you know, I think, I think that's part of it. Um, I do think that he gets frustrated if things aren't going well. Right. So, you know, and I think that is a question mark for him. Cause I think of that Northwestern game, especially when things were kind of breaking down, not going the way that he wanted them to um, when essentially, you know, they were, they were pressed, pressing those receivers and having success and he you know the timing routes were, were gone he he struggled and visibly was getting frustrated i think that is an issue um it's you know it's why he's not a trevor lawrence elite prospect i think and then i, I think that pocket presence and mobility question is there because he did use it when he, he couldn't throw anymore that's kind of when he turned to it so um, so yeah, you know, like I'm to, with you. I mean, I think it's, I think it is, those are question marks that arise from him um, for sure. So to follow up on that, I mean, he's arguably had the best wide receivers you could possibly have <laughs> over the past yeah. two years. Like is what NFL team has better wide receivers that he's going to, that he's going to end up on, right? Like look at his landing spots, like who's he going to be throwing to? So it's, it's, it just makes me a little bit nervous from that standpoint. I don't think he's the guy that's going to be just like a total bust, you know, and just like Ryan leaf. Right. Like, I just don't see that from him, but I'm not sure that, you know, I don't know how to understand like his processing and all that. When you're throwing to literally the best wide receivers in the country, you know, I don't know how he's going to do against an NFL defense with lesser, so that that's just my my question i guess everybody has that question but i just i don't know how to project that basically yeah I, I, look i think it's a fair question especially compared to the other three quarterbacks going in the first round all their receivers stunk i mean we're awful all three of them <laughs> you know other than stroud and he has two guys that are going, going to go in the first round next year and jsn the year before that um so i'm with you i, I mean i think it's a legitimate concern i, I think one benefit is we have seen those quarterbacks have success, you know, the, the Joe Burrows True. who also were thrown to, to three top 50 picks and um, you know, which has been good. And I think there are definitely throws where I'm like that, that's CJ Stroud winning on that throw where Marvin Harrison is covered and the throws in the right place. So, you know, that's what I'm looking for. 
and it's still it's tough, you know. But um, does he have those throws, you know, ten to to twenty five yards down the field where he's throwing those receivers open? And it doesn't matter who the receiver is, really. Right. Uh, I think that happened often this past year, even in the Michigan game. You know, I think it happened for him oh, yeah. to try to make that yeah. comeback. So that to me, that's uh, that's a positive. So I, it's still a positive view, but I think it's a legitimate concern that you have, Scott, for sure. Cool. Yeah. Okay, so the next guy I'll bring up is uh, I think a lot of people's number numbered at least before uh, Richardson's combine number the number two guy, which is Bryce Young. Uh, definitely had a very good college career, but Shane, I know the big concern for a lot of people is uh, the size. And is, is that a concern for you? And, and, and what do you think about Bryce Young overall? Yeah, it's a concern for me, especially from a fantasy perspective uh, where, you know, you don't want your super flex quarterback getting knocked out for five games. It's really bad. Right. And I, and I think if Bryce Young hadn't gotten hurt this year in college, I'd maybe feel a little bit better about it, but you know, he, he did have an injury um, from getting hit. Right? So, it, you know, that, that is a concern and and probably had came back maybe quicker than he had to and still performed, which is good. I mean, I, I think from a mentality standpoint, Bryce Young is the best quarterback in this class. Like he has ice in his veins and in, in tough situations, once again, with bad quarterback play, um, you know, he, he was like elite against Mississippi coming back in that game, trying to will him back against LSU. Yeah, did, did some really had some crazy passes. Um, he's talented and he certainly has the upside as a runner, despite that size. And even though, you know, the numbers of you know, rushing wise in college, aren't that good. Um, he, he could be a 500, 600 yard NFL rushing quarterback. I think that upside is there that maybe a lot of people will miss if they're just looking at the stats. Um, you sh- I think if he doesn't, you know, this is going to sound bad, but I think if he doesn't get broken, he's going to be a good NFL quarterback. But I think it's a legitimate concern that a guy that's, you know, just over 5'10 and I highly doubt he played over 200 pounds and highly doubt he will in the no NFL. Chance. You know, it, 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 you know it's, a, it's a question. We said, we've seen Kyler Murray have success, have fantasy success. Like I think Bryce Young ends up similar to that, you know, where we're always like, you know, he's performing fairly well, um, has some great games, has some bad games and, you know, is going to get beat up. And I think that's, that's going to be the concern. I, I, I would still draft him, you know, in the, in the top four super flex, but yeah, I, I think, I think he's going to be good, but I, I, I just hope he can stay on the field. And um, I think some teams will be able to exploit that height a little bit too. I, I think um, Mel Kuyper jr. Said something like, and you know, whatever you want to say about Mel, but he's got 30, 40 years, whatever it is of, of analyzing prospects. So at least from that standpoint, you could say he, he has some experience, um, I think he said this, I don't know if he meant for the number one pick or just a top 10 pick that he would be a significant, like the only one ever at this size. Right. So, so, so we've had no one, precedent. we've had one quarterback under 200 pounds draft in the first round. He got, he was clearly up over 200 playing. We've had two under, uh, under five eleven. Um, I think it is around under six feet, which is Baker Mayfield, or, um, and, Johnny Menzel and, and, and Kyle Murray. And yeah. that's it. We've never had one with both. He'll be the first with both on record. Okay. He's over 200 pounds though. So he, it won't count. True. 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 Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Outli- he's, he's... outlier central. 
he's um and that's hard that's hard for me as somebody that's playing the odds you know in a portfolio approach uh but it's it's hard to deny his his talent his processing um you know not the biggest arm but still can make the throws like just everything is uh everything is there to say like is he is he the floor guy almost just because of the maybe limited upside of you know everybody wants to say he's a runner and like yeah i think what you said is accurate about him just all of a sudden it's like oh he has 500 yards rushing like yeah i i could see that but the problem is if he is running a lot then there's you know that opens him up to the injuries so i think it's going to be real tricky um having nine 102s i don't know if i'm gonna have to just like split the difference and you know if Bijan goes 101 and all of them do i just take three of each you know or do i just yeah. like maybe I'm just going to try to trade out and just go get a, you know, somebody I, I trust, I guess it'll depend on my roster, but that's kind of where I'm at with this class, as opposed to just being like, yep, Justin Herbert, I'm all in no matter what, you know, like I wasn't in, in that class. So I don't know. It's, I'm not there yet with these guys, but that, that could certainly change. Um, Rocky, we'll throw it back to you here so you can get your thoughts in on Bryce Young. Yeah, he's the guy I've watched the littlest of so far, but uh, the size is obviously a concern. And, and one other thing that stood out to me is, I guess it's more of a real NFL thing, but I, I'm curious if you agreed this shit. He seemed to be have a little kind of a happy feet kind of thing going on in the pocket where he'd often be hopping around. And I, I, like I said, I, I, I mentioned I thought that Stroud did have pretty decent pocket presence. I, I didn't feel as much that with Bryce Young. Am I off base on there or? No, I, I think you're on base with with the feet. You know, I think he when he goes to throw, the footwork is good, but he does move and pat those feet a lot, which I don't think is necessarily an issue. You know, I, I think more quarterbacks are doing that even in the NFL and, and mm-hmm. doing it fine. But you know, it it, it it could be a question. It could be a question, right? Things start getting off balance, and the, it's easier to get the footwork off. So you're, I don't think you're wrong there. Okay, yeah. I I don't really have a ton else to say, but like I said, he's the guy I watched the littlest of. This guy I feel like least confident in talking about so far. Anyways, I was going to let you and Shane go there anyway. So uh, the last guy of the four, and I think he's fourth for a lot of people, although some people do like him, is uh, Will Levis. And and I can kind of see why some people like him because there's definitely issues there. But then you'll also see, like when I was watching, he'll, he'll throw a dart down the scene that's like right on target to a guy every once in a while and it's like wow look at that you know that was a dime and but i i'm not in love with them uh, i i would put him forth to these guys what do you think shane yeah i i think he's he's a clear kind of step forth uh maybe you know maybe i don't have him super far behind anthony richardson from a real nfl perspective but he's just so inconsistent and and the highs, especially in 2021, when you had Wondell Robinson, and you know the highs were pretty high there, because um, there are some games you're like, oh, this guy is is legitimate. Because like you said, a lot of the tough passes, that seems to be where Will Levis shines, and then the easy stuff, he just can't hit like the, these these crossing routes and these slants and i'm like it was kind of like richardson for me a point where he'd be throwing it to a guy and the guy had to jump like three feet in the air to get it yeah yeah and i mean you know he, he got uh, abused by a lot of these these defenses this year you know at penn state he lost the job to sean clifford who's one of the worst starting quarterbacks i've seen in the big 10 <laughs> that makes right? Scott, no sense 
<laughs> so it's like, what, what's going on here? You know, I think it's a question. But, you know, the, once again, the upside's there. Teams are now chasing that dragon of, you know, a big athletic. Uh, you know, Anthony Richardson gets the hype, but but Bo Levis had almost 400 yards rushing in 2021, which for college is really good when you get the negative sack yardage because his offensive line was, was not great that year. Um, so I, I recognize why he's going high in the first round, and I – think because of that you know i'll probably take him between the 105 and 107 and super flex i'm always about taking that first round pick that no one likes a quarterback like i'll I'll snatch up that guy and uh the value is pretty good but i don't expect him to be a great nfl quarterback maybe he could be like a daniel jones type that puts up some fantasy points but we never really feel great about him as a consistent player and uh and one interesting stat I, I tweeted from the uh, Draft Countdown account today was that uh, Anthony Richardson and Will Levis will be the first quarterbacks ever in NFL history drafted in the first round who lost to Vanderbilt uh, the year they were drafted. <laughs> only t- only quarterbacks ever. That's incredible. Any any comments on Levis uh, before we, we move on? He's, he's three years older than Richardson, so I'll start with that. Um, he's almost 24. Uh, Richardson's not even 21 yet. Um, I've heard a lot of people be like, well, he's kind of like, you know, like the next Josh Allen, like his upside, right? His ceiling, like Josh Allen. I don't know that like maybe Richardson is, uh, I don't know that I see that with Levis. Um, I did, I, I heard or read somewhere and I apologize. I can't remember where it was. Um, Jay Cutler. And I thought about that from like, well, he, yeah, a big arm, not the best decision maker, mobile, but maybe not like, you know, a necessarily a rushing quarterback. So I'm like, yeah, I guess I, I guess I could kind of uh, see that. I mean, if you look at the trajectory there and the ultimate value Jay Cutler brought to your dynasty leagues, like that's probably best case for Will Levis, I would think. Right. Like, I, I think that's maybe, you know, like you said, Daniel Jones, right. That's maybe a better uh, example, but I think. Um, I don't know that he'll, I don't know that he necessarily has the upside of being like a top five guy, even though he's like toolsy and all that people want to say, but I, I'm not sure that I personally see, um, any of that. I would have loved to see him say at Penn state and, and play with those guys, um, just for the sake of their offense. But, you know, at least if he came from Penn state, we might have a different opinion than coming from Kentucky, but who knows? Yeah, and I think Levis, from a dynasty perspective, is a guy I'm probably not going to have very much of either just because of what all we've been saying and the inconsistency and that we don't think he's going to be a good real-life quarterback. And uh, I just have trouble drafting those guys that I think are going to stink. So that, that's why I had zero Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> so, and I'm sure some people drafted him and still got out for a first eventually, at least the first eventually anyway, but – I just if I don't think you're going to be good, I, I have trouble drafting you, even even with the insulated QB value. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of out on Will Levis, at least as of right now. And I don't think it's going to change watching more games, given given Shane's opinion as well. So, <laughs> um, uh, But before um, we talk about anybody else, um, I just wanted to ask you, since, you know, you also analyze this from a real NFL perspective. Who, who do you think is going to Carolina at the uh, 101 in real NFL draft? I, I think it'll be Stroud. I think that's more Frank Reich style, and I think you probably hired him to pick the quarterback. Um, I, 
I know there's going to be Anthony Richardson rumors for a while, but I don't think Dave Tepper is that kind of owner either. That's like, give me the big athletic, you know, he's not Al Davis. Like he's not that kind of owner. So I, I think they will go for Stroud. I could see Bryce young, you know, but I think it'll be between those two ultimately. Is that, do you think young goes to then, or do you think there's a chance Richardson? Cause Houston is too, right? Yeah. I, I think young goes too. And I, I, I think the Colts, Chris Ballard's going to find a way to get Anthony Richardson uh, <laughs> with that athleticism. The Colts are going to end up with him. Okay. And in regards to, you know, these are the four guys everybody's talking about and in regards to everyone else. I just put who else is worth talking about the name I've, I've heard the most is probably Hendon Hooker. Uh, it, it was, would he be your QB five, Shane? Yes. And he's the only other one we're talking about that. That is, <laughs> that is the extent for fantasy for me. Uh, uh, I think Hendon Hooker, I think he's going to end up being a, you know, fringe top 50 pick. I think he's going to go in the second round. Um, you know, he's an older prospect. Fancy players don't like that. Um, he did tear his ACL this year. I think he was on course to be, this was on course to be the big five had he not torn his ACL because he had a phenomenal year for Tennessee, was lighting it up. You know, he's another, you know, has some athleticism, very accurate quarterback. He's not the big arm Anthony Richardson Levis type, though. He, you know, I think it's NFL. He's NFL prepared. Um, but, you know, the way that he dissected a, a defense like Alabama that's going to have five, six guys drafted, um, you know, I, th- I think is is awesome. You can get it downfield. That's, you know, that 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 is it. So, Hennon Hooker, I think, is going to be potentially a steal in fantasy drafts uh, for Superflex. I think he is a guy to really target if he falls into the second round. I've seen him fall into the third round, some of these pre-NFL um, draft drafts. So, and, and as Andrew asked uh, – no, no Stetson Bennett for me, the, the, the 190 pounds. Isn't he like wonder. older than like half the NFL quarterbacks at this point? <laughs> <laughs> pretty, I'm pretty, I think it's like 30% he is. Yeah. And I've, I've heard he's a super like weird dude as well. And his pro day was not good. Like it was pretty rough. So uh, he'll, yeah, he'll get drafted. But no, nah, I think Kenan Hooker's about it. And the, Yeah, that's bad when a pro day. Like they, they – they, Pro days are set up for, for these guys to just show off. And if your pro day is bad, that's not that's not a good sign. Uh, but, yeah, and I, I, I only watched the four guys, so I, I didn't have much to say about Hooker or Ben or anybody else. I was just going to leave that to you, Shane. And you're saying there's basically nobody else beyond that. So I guess we'll, we'll tie a bow on, on the rookie quarterback talk then. Uh, I believe next week we're getting into running back, so you'll, you'll, you'll hear more then, some more rookie talk going forward. Uh, Andrew says Stetson Bennett is practically a grandpa. Uh, <laughs> but uh, at this point, then I guess we will get into our favorite segment every week. Find me a trade. Find me a trade. So uh, this week we have it's submitted by Kelly, who's been in the chat, as I mentioned. Uh, well, wait, Kelly, does Kelly have another question? Kelly's just pumping them out here. Uh, if Hendon Hooker was 22 but still coming off an injury, would you like him more than Levis, Shane? Good question. Um, I think it'd be, be much closer. Uh, I don't think I would, but I think it would be much closer. Okay. But the, our Find Me a Trade is also submitted by Kelly, who's been pumping out the questions in the chat. He's at KP Poker KP on Twitter. Uh, it's a sleeper league, 14 team, super flex, six point passing TDs, uh, minus two for INTs with tiered PPR, uh, 0.75 for running backs, one wide receiver, 1.5 tight end premium. 
And start 11 with the 14 teams, uh, quarterback, running back, one, uh, one wide receiver, one tight end, six flex and a super flex. So uh, pretty deep rosters. Uh, and Kelly's uh, comments were just that he won the uh, championship in 2021. Uh, playoff team that lost in the first round this past year, and he's torn whether he should tear it down or load up for one more run. So, Scott, you want to run down his roster, and then we can get into our trades? Yeah, first, though, I want to say to Kelly, this is awesome. Probably my favorite format, 14 teams start 11 and, and all those settings. So nice work on this one. Um, okay, quarterback room, Mahomes and Watson. Uh, and then that's basically it. Uh, running backs. Amir Abdullah, Samaje Pirine, Justice Hill, Anthony McFarland, uh, Ty Davis Price, wide receivers, Jamar Chase, Traylon Burks, Garrett Wilson, Calvin Ridley, T. Higgins, Isaiah Hodgins, Cedric Wilson. And that's about it there. Maybe a little, uh, oh, a little David Bell there for Rocky. Um, <laughs> Even I've given up on David Bell and- at this point, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love David Bell. Uh, tight ends, still Jake Ferguson and uh, uh, everybody's favorite Debbie tight end in like 2019, Jalen Wettermeyer. <laughs> um, he also has the 101, the 104, the 105, the 203, the 208, 210, 213, and 305, as well as multiple 24 firsts and seconds. And it looks like multiple 25 firsts as well. So, um, great wide receiver core two uh, top quarterbacks and then a whole bunch of picks to work with there. So really in a, in a good place. Okay. So uh, Shane, I, I, I guess I, I'm going to start um, with you cause you did. Well, you have a few different traits here. One one's for a quarterback, but a lot of them are, are, are tight end related, which is kind of where I went with it. So I, I'll let you start and then I will uh, get into mine. Yeah, as, look, I think this is a contending team and a 14-team league. Like, let, let, let's go, especially with those picks. I, I think maybe it was smart to set it up like this. Um, so, yeah, I mean, most of mine is tight end related because the tight end position is kind of barren. But I do think trying to get Joe Burrow would be huge because if you set that up with Burrow, Chase, and Higgins, if the Bengals are really good, you win the league, right? Like, that, that's just how it goes. So I proposed Watson in the 105 for Joe Burrow which I think would make that Burrow owner really think about it. Oh, you could still oh, spend yeah. the one-on-one on Bijan, you know, and then the tier PPR running back doesn't matter that much. That's I think that's all you need. Um, and you still have picks left over to fill in, you know, the third quarterback gap. Um, yeah, and then the rest of mine are tight ends. Like I, I would, before free agency, these guys sign, I would go after Dalton Schultz, who's on the trade block, it appears, and Mike Gesicki. Um, 203 and 24 second for Dalton Schultz, I think is fair value and would make that owner think really hard um, 210 for Mike Kosicki. Maybe it's a little low in a 14 teamer. Uh, maybe you could sweeten that deal a little bit. And then I, I like uh, Pat Fryermuth as well. The 105 for Fryermuth and 201. I think you bump down still can end up with a good receiver, um, you know, or another tight end shot, young tight end shot, but I think you get a starting tight end. This team's ready to compete. Yeah, I, I like those tight end ones a lot. And uh, like you said, I, we all kind of went the tight end route here uh, beca- because it is just like he has nothing. So, And I agree with you, Shane, that this is a team that can compete. And I, I think the value is pretty good on all those trades. 
Uh, I like the 210 for Gusecki. We still don't know where Gusecki's going to end up. If he ends up in a, a, a decent spot where he seems like he's going to be the, you know, maybe the second option there or something, depend, you know, I, I'm not sure where that spot is. I haven't really thought about it. But if that happens, he could definitely be even worth more than the 210 a week from now. So, uh, and I, I'm a big, I'm a big Fryermuth guy. I, I like what we saw of him last year. Uh, if he had gotten more touchdowns last year, I think he'd be regarded a little more highly than he is. I think he only had like two or something like that. So uh, I really like both of those. Uh, the, the Burrow, I think, is totally fair value. I just, it, it's my own personal bias that Scott knows about where I don't like paying up for QBs, and I'm fine with Watson. So, <laughs> but I definitely think that's spot on value wise. But Scott, any thoughts on Shane's trades before we get into mine? Well, I think you broke it down perfectly. And, the stamp from the standpoint of we want to target tight ends and we if uh, if we assume we take Bijan at 101 then that'll be fine for running back because you only need to start one so I completely agree with that I absolutely love the burrow stack I almost went that way with my trade Mm -hmm. initially so um you know just looking at that uh, manager's roster. I don't, I don't know if they, you know, would do it, but I, I think uh, I would certainly love for, for Kelly to do that. So yeah. And then all those tight ends um, I'm also in on and acquiring shares of Kasiki and Fryermuth, uh personally. So that was good stuff. And yeah, so basically I did kind of what Shane did just uh, a little bit higher. So uh, I, I aimed a little bit higher. I went, uh, send them one Oh four and 203 to all the smoke for Mark Andrews. This I put it in a couple calculators and it actually came slightly underpay for Mark, like very slight for Mark Andrews. So I'd be willing to throw in one of those other seconds if you had to, uh, because uh, like this team is like we all said, it's really good. It's got like nothing at running back, but as we said, Bijan, he'll get at the 101 and, and he could get, Gibbs at the 105 as well, even if it does this trade where he trades the 104. Uh, if we assume that quarterback might go two, three, four, so he could end up with two pretty good running backs, um, and get the tight end in Andrews here. Uh, all the smoke also has Kittle, and, and the rest of his team is not that great, so it would make some sense for him to do this. Um, and he's also getting in a 14 team start 11 two potentially three players in terms of the picks that he's getting back if, if we throw in another second there so a three for one potentially if if we throw in another second uh is not bad when you when you know depth isn't important in a 14 team start 11 so and like i said i'm just shooting a little higher with mark andrews and i think you could get him possibly even just for these two picks coming off the, the down year the uncertainty with lamar and all that i still think he's an elite player so uh, Shane, what do you, what do you think of that one? No, I, I, I like it. I think, uh, man, I always take Mark Andrews on, on my squad. So I, th- I think it's good. Um, yeah, like I, I don't mind paying for the elite tight end with this, with this roster. I, I do think the the third quarterback is a need and you do have to think about that in the draft perhaps, or maybe another trade, but, um, I like it. You think that uh, that is one hundred four, two hundred three enough to get it done for Mark Andrews at this point? I feel like I feel like it should be. Um, That's what I thought. But yeah, the, especially I put with, in with a couple roster. calculators and it said it was an underface. Exactly. So I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, and, like and it might be one of those things you got to do when you're on the clock with the one hundred four too, and you know Bryce Young or staring in, that guy in the face. Exactly. Like, uh, yeah. Okay, so if you want to comment anything on mine, Scott, and then we can get into yours. You also, you went a little 
kind of similar, but also threw in another piece there. So uh, we'll get into yours and finish up here. Yeah. So, I mean, if we assume the 104 is a quarterback, which we are basically, then I think that can definitely get Andrews. I mean, that's, that's the advantage we have of, you know, if you have one of those picks. So the cool thing for Kelly, and he just gave us a little more uh, context on the league here in the chat. Um, you know, there's just so many directions you can go here. So, you know, I could give you 15 different ideas. Like, I could see you just having so much fun, like taking uh, Bijan and then take two quarterbacks with four and five and just start hoarding quarterbacks and, and then just start trading from, from that position. Like that might be kind of fun. Um, you know, there's, you give yourself a lot of flexibility with those future picks. So you did a great job acquiring those from what you said was a terrible draft. So good job recognizing that. And then, uh, you know, getting there. And yes, I agree being the commissioner and, and losing to your idiot friends is terrible. And, you know, that that is my exact definition of my home league. Just me, you know, with all these leagues and podcasts and all this. And I can't beat my moron friends that don't even know 18 players in the NFL. But <laughs> that's how it goes. Right. So um, what I decided to do for for your team here was kind of a combination of both, because like Shane said, you know, tight end is what you should be targeting. Um, and then you really just need one running back. Um, if you use the 101 on Bijan, like that should be good, right? But are we sure that like he's just going to be like a uh, top three scoring RB this year? I mean, yeah, he has the skill set to do it, but it doesn't guarantee anything. So um, if you really want to win this league, here's a trade to, to go try and do that. Uh, the team RG man is out of quarterbacks completely. He has no starting quarterbacks. On I his looked roster. at him too when I was looking. So you, yeah. he's he's toast. All right, he's gonna have to sell off. He's got like Hopkins and Tyree Kill, and he's just old players and no quarterbacks. He's got no shot in a fourteen team league. He's not, he's not going anywhere. Um, so you definitely target him. Having that four and five, the one hundred four and the one hundred five, I think you can utilize that to your advantage because he doesn't that team also doesn't have any 23 or 24 picks. So they're not going to be able to get a quarterback for a long time. Um, so trade 104 and 105 to RG man for CMC and Kelsey. And seems like a lot for two older players that may only give you a couple of years. But if you want to talk about putting points in your lineup, uh, that, that'll do it. Those two guys right there will add enough points to put you as probably the number one contender based on the other rosters in this league. There's, there's a couple other good teams for sure. Um, but with your quarterbacks and receivers, I mean, you're going to make the playoffs for the next couple of years without trying. So you might, you might as well try, like go ahead and just go for it. Um, you know, even with getting, doing that trade, getting CMC and Kelsey, I mean, you can pivot later if the season doesn't go your way, if there's injuries, whatever, or maybe Bijan ends up, being you know as great as we think he is and then you can trade one of them right so it's still going to give you some flexibility and once you make those picks of four and five even if you take two quarterbacks or you take one quarterback and your favorite receiver whatever it's it's unlikely that those players are going to give you a ton of points right away um, especially a third quarterback you need a third quarterback but they're not going to put points in your lineup so again this is a way to just maximize putting points in your lineup going for that championship right now without sacrificing your future assets either. So you still have all your 24 and 25 picks to work with. So that's, that's the direction I took it. 
Yeah, I, I love this one because I actually, before I put down the one I did, I was originally considering putting 104 or 105 for, for Kelsey straight up because I saw the same thing you did where this guy has zero quarter. I was probably going to do 104 because, yeah, he's probably guaranteed, a you know, one of those three quarterbacks that we, we were talking about at, at 104. Uh, and he has nothing. He has Brady and I think Ryan are, are the only guys that were even starters last year. Uh, and And now they're not this year so uh it makes it so much sense and like you said his roster is so old like i i I assume he realizes with no quarterbacks he has to rebuild so uh and no picks so uh, yeah it was almost sim it was very similar to something i was considering but shane why don't you finish this up here and then we'll we'll head out yeah and i actually think it it might not be a bad idea to kind of combine right get before they sign, get a Gusecki or Dalton Schultz. And then, you know, you want to be the first sometimes to do these trades, but I think that 104-105 on the clock is going to be so valuable to our G-man with no quarterbacks where that, that might get done on the clock. And then to have Kelsey, too, in the tier PPR, starting two tight ends, especially with that many flex spots, would be golden mm-hmm. if you can. Okay, so, yeah, good. Get, we're trying to get you tight end Kelly and 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 Scott's throwing Christian McCaffrey in there. It's all good stuff. Uh, so I want to thank uh, Shane for coming on tonight. This has been uh, a load of fun. Loved hearing all your thoughts on the quarterbacks. And uh, I just want you to remind everyone again where they can find you uh, on Twitter, on podcasts, and 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 everywhere else. Absolutely. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Shane P. Hallam. Go to DraftCountdown.com. I'll have a seven-round mock draft coming out on Monday. So if you're into that, then you can take a look at that. And subscribe to the Debbie Marketplace podcast for fantasy Debbie Dynasty rookie stuff and draft countdown podcast for the NFL draft. And okay, the Discord. Yeah, def- Debbie Marketplace Discord. <laughs> and the Discord, yeah. Yes, we have fun Discord. There. Uh, Kane never fails to mail the disc- mention the Discord. So <laughs> uh, I, I hear him mention it all the time. But anyway, um, in terms of uh, us here, we're going to finish up now. I'm at Dynasty FF Addict. He's at Scott underscore Sidlow. Uh, as I always hear you guys say, because I do listen, Scott, when I'm not on. Uh, Andrew, Andrew doesn't get his Twitter handle said because he's not here. So uh, you can follow the pod at Dynasty Junkies. Make sure you're also following the DAP Network on Twitter at DAP underscore network, also on YouTube, so you can see us when we go live. Uh, they're taking a little break now, but Fantasy Timeline also goes live. So a lot of good stuff if you subscribe to the YouTube. Also, please, if you can, give us a rating and review. It helps people find us. It helps the, the pod do well. So if you like what you heard, uh, give us a five-star review. If you don't like what you heard, then don't do anything. Just ignore me. But um, I think that will pretty much finish us up here. So, Scott, why don't you take us out? Thanks again to our guest. Even though he's an Ohio State fan, we still love him. Uh, alumni. At least you. I went there. You know. Yeah, no, that, that is, that's legit. I'm, I'm totally <laughs> cool with that. So, very fair. Very fair. Uh, thanks to uh, everybody in the chat. Appreciate you jumping in. Thanks to Kelly for the awesome FMAT submission. Um, next week, this next week, when you guys have five minutes, uh, jump on any of our, basically any of our Twitters or the handle. There's a link there. Submit your, uh, find me a trades and, you know, let's get you on the show. We need more submissions that we can find some uh, different stuff and, you know, make those good for everybody. So we appreciate you. So again, for Shane, for Rocky, I'm Scott Sidlow, Junkies.
Out.